Well, good evening on a Wednesday night. Trust all is well. If it doesn't look well, it will be well. Because you know who's in charge. It's a whole lot different position. I have the honor tonight of bringing a treat to you. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Colin's wife wakes up and says in the middle of the night, Colin, call Jeff Drott tomorrow. It's 2 a.m. in the morning, and Colin goes, sure. Next day, at 9 o'clock at night, Colorado time, April says to Colin, said, did you call Jeff today? And he goes, it was 2 a.m. when you said that. I thought you were sleep talking. No, I did not call Jeff today. Call him right now. I said, no, in Dallas, it's 10 o'clock. I'm not calling him. I said, well, call him anyway. So he calls me. We have not talked in four years. My third daughter nannied for them three plus years. That's how we met. And he called and said, dude, what are you doing? I said, I'm in Beaver Creek playing cards with my girls. What are you doing? He goes, I don't know. My wife told me to call you. I said, great. What's going on? So we talked. He says, when are you coming through Denver? I said, tomorrow. He said, stop by. I want to talk. What, it, what we didn't know at that time, the Lord was preparing us to come back to Colorado, what he was preparing him to offer us position. And Colin started a company seven years ago here in the Denver area and spread all over Colorado. It's now gone nationwide. And uh, we've been here for the last year and a half uh, getting to partner with him on what the vision the Lord has showed him when he came out of Bible school. And I'll let him tell you the parts of the story if he wants to. But uh, I can tell you this. I've known him for a number of years. This is a man that walks in the gift of faith. This is a man who hears the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be blessed tonight, no matter what vein he runs down, because uh, he knows God. So would you please welcome my owner, partner, and friend, Colin Carr. Amen. It's not going to be that bad, I promise. <laughs> it's cool. It's no big deal. Praise God. Does this mic sound okay? Okay. It's cool. Let's just get him the CD afterwards. Let's give him a second chance to hear it. Um, well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, we've been part of the church for about a year and a half, and we have thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the relationships have been extremely genuine and rich. The, the children's ministry has been phenomenal. Uh, we love the worship. Uh, we love the atmosphere. We love JR's heart. And uh, it's a special place for us to be. So we're really thankful. Uh, last week, uh, during this service, I went and grabbed my daughter, Layla, who's four, from the children's ministry. And they had done a craft. And the craft was a paper plate. And they had cut out a design on the inside of it. And on the outside of it, they had written, God created Layla, and Layla makes God happy. <clears throat> and I saw that, and uh, I thought that's what the Lord said. That's what you should talk to them about. You should tell them how I really think. That, or you should tell them who I've really made them to be, how I really see them, and what I've done for them. And I asked myself this question, how many people, and you can, you can just ask yourself this question, how many people could genuinely say out loud, God created me and I make God happy. And they could, they could really mean it. It's, it's few and far between. And for the ones of you that can, that's awesome. Uh, I, I personally believe that, that our entire walk comes down to 
Uh, you could sum it up with this. Our entire walk comes down to a revelation of who God is and who he's made us to be. I believe that there's uh, a lot of scriptures that people read and for whatever reason, they just don't get into the heart, the real soil, and they don't bear fruit. And so I just wanna talk with you guys tonight a little bit about what God's done for us. Uh, I can tell you right now that I make God happy. I can tell you right now that, that I'm blessed and highly favored, uh, that when the word of God says and of the fullness of Jesus have all of us received grace upon grace, I believe that the word of God is true. When the scripture says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that I believe it. When it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that he would see us holy and without any blame before him in love, I believe it. I believe that when he sees me, he sees my born again, brand new righteous spirit that's 100% blameless, 100% perfect before him. I've been recreated in true righteousness and holiness. If any man's in Christ, he's a brand new creation. Old things, your old sin nature has passed away. Uh, All things have become new and now all things are of God. So the the book of Hosea says, (coughs) it says, my people perish my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Paul was talking about the Jews and he said, uh, I bear the Jews witness that they have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of the means by which God declares people righteous and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they haven't submitted to the righteousness of God. For Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness to all who seek him. And so here's my point. I came to a conclusion that I was gonna have to make a decision in my walk. I was either gonna believe what the word of God said or I was just gonna essentially just kind of drift through life. And I made a decision to to lock onto what the word of God said and to really dive into the word of God and to let the word of God transform my life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, He talked about how Jesus is the word of God, how we're born again by the incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. Uh, God, Jesus, Jesus preached the sermon and he said, this is how the kingdom of God works. It's as if a man would, would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep by night and he'd rise by day and the seed would sprout and come forth. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops all by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. So here's the interpretation. This is how the kingdom of God works. You take the word of God, which is the seed, and you put it in your heart. And you go to sleep at night, and you get up the next day, and you do the same thing. That seed will come forth, and your life will begin to be transformed. You don't know how it works. You don't, know have, to how, you don't, know, you don't have to know how it works. You don't have to know how to make a seed. You just have to know that the seed produces every time. It's the incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. Okay? and it'll bear fruit, it'll come up first, it's the blade, then it'll come up the full, the full, the, the full stock, and then it's the full grain in the head. And your life gets radically transformed. So I just started believing the word of God. I started declaring the word of God over my life. Uh, I started accepting what the word of God said about me. And I would read scriptures, and some of them were hard to understand because I grew up with a, a performance-based mentality. <clears throat> I grew up in the Catholic church, and I had, had received doctrine, if you do good, then you get good. If you do bad, you don't, you don't get good. 
And my life got radically transformed. I got a revelation of how much God loves me and what he's done for me and who he's made me to be. And so uh, I just wanna share some scriptures with you guys tonight. And uh, I, I was told today that I was gonna be introduced as being somebody who's in business, who does ministry, uh, and I certainly do that. Uh, for me personally, every aspect of my life is ministry. My, my family's ministry, business is ministry. Uh, I don't have to compartmentalize God because it's the most important aspect of my life. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to try and be somebody that I'm not. I just try to be uh, who God's made me to be. And uh, that's his beloved son in whom he's well-pleased. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, my wife and I got, got born again, uh, radical transformations. Uh, I was sitting in a hotel room one night and picked up the New Testament, the Gideon Bible. If you ever wonder if anyone uses those, uh, I did. So I was thankful that was there. Uh, I had a gentleman tell me that if I asked God to reveal himself to me, that he was faithful and he would do that. So I picked up the Gideon Bible, I opened the New Testament, I read the like two or three verses, the begots, the deepest scriptures in the Bible. Um, and I literally just dropped the Bible and I said, God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And I just started crying hysterically uh, and I couldn't stop. And the Holy Spirit came into the room and he wrapped me up and he held me like you'd hold a little four-year-old child. And he held me for about 15 minutes. So that was my prayer of salvation and my life radically got transformed at that point. I went back to where I was living I uh, tried to coexist for about a week and a half, but I had so many negative habits around me, negative people that uh, I couldn't coexist in that environment. So I gave everything I had away, uh, subleased my apartment, put it in my car. If it didn't fit, it didn't come. And I moved 24 hours, I drove 24 hours straight and moved to Colorado. I changed my cell phone number. I just started over 100%. And I spent about a year and a half just seeking the Lord. And uh, like Paul talking about the Jews, I was zealous for God, but it was not according to knowledge. I was reading scriptures, they weren't making sense. I was listening to people that loved the Lord, but unfortunately didn't have the right doctrine. And so uh, uh, met my wife, we got, uh, she got born again about a year earlier as well. And we found ourselves about two years in marriage. And both of us said, this has got to work differently. This is, this is not the good news that we've heard about. This is not the radical transformation that we're looking for. We're not seeing the power. We're not seeing the gifts operate. And so we decided to go to Bible college and had an amazing opportunity to go to Bible college. And in Bible college, the very first night we were sitting there, the guy that was speaking started making statements that we had never heard before. He started talking about the unconditional love and grace of God. And he started talking about how you're not only saved by grace initially, but you maintain everything or you, you exist and receive everything by putting grace or by putting faith in God's grace eternally. And he started talking about different concepts and ideas that we had never heard before. And during a break, we were in the hallway and a gentleman walked up to me and he said, do you believe what this guy is saying right now? And I looked at him and I said, I don't know, but I'm gonna find out. And we decided to go to Bible college then two nights per week. And then we decided to go five nights per week. We sold our house. Uh, we moved to Denver or we moved to Colorado Springs from Denver and uh, just went all in. And we determined that if this was the word of God, if this was the incorruptible seed, if this is living and powerful, if it is sharper than a two-edged sword, if it's our most powerful weapon, if Jesus is the word of God, then let's, let's dive in because what's more important than 
than knowing him in an intimate way. And so our lives were radically transformed. During that time, we saw supernatural healings. We saw miracles in many places. We saw them in little subtle places and small places. And we saw them uh, in, in dramatic life-transforming moves of God. And our lives were radically transformed. Um, the second year, they didn't have night school. They only had day school. So I had to make a decision if I would still work, if they wouldn't let me work, uh, or if I would try and get things done in three hours, but knowing that my, my position was at risk and I had a, a very healthy income. And so we made the decision to go to Bible college anyways. And at one point, uh, I was approached by the owner of our company asking me where I was every day until 1.30 o'clock, until I got to Denver. I told him I'm going to Bible college and explain things. And he basically said, that's not gonna work for us. It costs us uh, 100,000 a year just to have you here and you producing for three and a half hours a day is not an option. And I said, listen, I know this won't make sense to you, but I'm doing what God's told me to do. It's gonna be blessed. And if I have to go work uh, somewhere else or if I have to go work, I don't care where I have to work, uh, I'm gonna do what God's told me to do. And so he said, well, that's gonna be a challenge. I said, listen, if my numbers drop, you can fire me. But if not, uh, I'm telling you, you're gonna be blessed for having me here. So he agreed, uh, fast forward to the end of the year, and I grew 50% more uh, than I ever had working three and a half hours per day. And I began to trust God and understand that his word is true. And it was a huge step of faith for me. And he used finances and he used business for me to enter into a greater level of faith. And I could take that faith that I put in finances and business, and I could translate it over into other areas of my life, like my family, healing, wholeness, and so forth. Um, They've asked me to talk a little bit about business, so I'll do that for a second. That's the easiest part. Uh, I believe in prosperity. I believe in success. Money, money and success create influence, which is a platform for you to dramatically transform lives. Uh, I believe uh, two of my favorite scriptures on prosperity are 2 Corinthians 8, 9 and 9, 8. And 8, 9 says, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty would be made rich. They're saying, you understand how gracious he is, that though he was king of kings and had everything, every rich, every, every ounce of wealth, every, everything he could ever want, he gave it all up and came here so that you could have the divine exchange. The divine exchange happened every aspect of our lives. He took our sin and gave us his righteousness. He took his, his wealth, or he took our poverty and he gave us his wealth. He took our, our messed up lives and gave us his wholeness. He took our separation from God and he made us sons of the king. He not only made us a son, he made us an heir and a joint heir and he gave us the full inheritance. So anything that Jesus has access to, I have access to. He raised me up and he seated me in heavenly places with Christ that in the ages to come, he would show the exceeding abundance of his grace through his kindness towards me in Christ Jesus. These are all scriptures. This is all what the word says. I'm not making this up. This is what the word of God says. Here's the question. Do you believe what the word of God says? You have to make a decision. And there's a difference between saying, I believe it and letting that word get deep in your heart. The other scripture I like, which is my definition of prosperity 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. If he says all grace, that means everything. There's nothing excluded. We, we see these, these adjectives and these adverbs and we, we, we kind of acknowledge them, but we don't really acknowledge them. 
If it says, so I'll come back to that. If it says Jesus has the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him bodily and you are complete in him, there's nothing more that can be added to you. You can't get any more from him. There's nothing more that he can do that he hasn't already done. I know that we, we sometimes we, we ask for things, we pray things, or we approach him in different ways. He cannot do any more than he's already done. You can't, the, the heavens can't be opened any further. He can't pour out more of a blessing than he's already poured out because of the fullness of Jesus have all of us received grace upon grace. I believe that I'm complete in him. It says in 1 John 4, 17, God's love for us has been perfected in this. If it's been perfected, nothing else can be added to it. God's love, this is a scripture, 1 John 4, 17. God's love has been perfected for us in this, that we can have boldness in the day of judgment because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Jesus is 100% righteous, so am I in this world. Jesus is 100% complete, so am I in this world. Jesus has access to all of heaven, so do I in this world. Jesus is in 100% right standing with God, so am I in this world. That's why I can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help me in my time of need. He says, if you have a problem, come boldly to my throne, it's a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment, and I'll give you mercy, and I'll give you grace to help you in your time of need. If you need something from him, go boldly to him. Do not shy away from him. He already, if you didn't need the mercy, he wouldn't have provided. He doesn't waste things. Where were we before that? We'll figure it out. So I have more than one scripture in my head right now, in case you're wondering. By the way, this is the... Guaranteed be the best sermon I've ever preached on this stage. It's my first, so. First ever, actually. First ever on a, on a church stage, so. These, these are bright lights, by the way. So, anyways, we, we, dove, in, we dove into the Word. Our lives were radically transformed. And uh, during the second year of Bible college, uh, I was having more success than I'd ever had before working three and a half, four hours per day. And I'd already had, in my opinion, quite a bit of success. Uh, there's a scripture in Hebrews that says, let us therefore labor to enter his rest. King James says labor. New King James says uh, be diligent. So think about this concept. You have to labor. You have to work very intentionally to stay in his rest, to stay in his peace. He says, hey, listen, I can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. I'll open more doors than you could ever dream of. I'll go before you. I'll be your rear guard. I'll keep watch on both sides. There's, there's, the promises are all throughout scripture. I know where we were, 2 Corinthians 9.8. I'll come back to it. It's, it's, the scripture says that promotion doesn't come from the east, south, or west. It comes from the hand of God. And so I started to see God move on my behalf. I started seeing things work in an amazing way. And in my mind, I was debating, should you go into full-time ministry because that's what I was passionate about and that's what I was more interested in than anything else or should you stay in business? And one day I was at a minister's conference and uh, a guy walked up to me and he said, I have a word for you. And I didn't, never told this guy anything about what I did or any details. And he said, in your mind, you're debating if you're gonna go into full-time ministry, if you're gonna stay in business. And the Lord's telling you it's not an either or decision, it's both. 
He said, you're gonna stay in business and it's gonna be a ministry for you. And you're gonna touch more lives through business than you would if you were in full-time ministry. And you're gonna use your money and your success as an influence, as a platform to touch people's lives. And you'll touch lives and influence lives that would never come through the doors of the church or have been hurt by the church uh, or just don't understand it. And success will open up doors for you to be a father and mother to many people. And he went on and spoke very, very specific things. And then about a month and a half later, uh, a friend of mine who was a missionary in Uganda came back to the United States and grabbed me. And he said, the Lord just showed me a very specific call in your life and how God's gonna use business as a ministry for you. And he spoke the exact same word, only he didn't know anything about that word. And then a couple months later, I was in Clearwater, Florida at a meeting and this guy grabbed my arm as I was walking by him. And he goes, the Lord just showed me a very specific anointing on you through business. And he spoke the exact same word, only a little bit different details. And so at that point I said, okay, Lord, uh, I understand what you're saying and uh, let it be so according to your word. And so uh, he gave me an idea for a company. Uh, the company grew rapidly um, and we've had just tremendous success. And, and that's a cool story. And we can maybe have a chance to share that some other time. Um, but I started looking at success and looking at the chance to have influence over people. And uh, the scripture that I was mentioning earlier, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And again, if his grace is abounding towards us, it's, it's super abounding. It's coming at us a way that's more than you can possibly handle. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That's prosperity. If you have a good work and you can give into it, you're prosperous. Uh, prosperity is not the car, the house, the clothes. Uh, those are all things that fade. Prosperity is making an impact in people's lives. It's making a difference. So I believe God for all of his goodness. That's why believing the scriptures are so important to me. That's why taking those seeds and putting them in my heart and letting them reap an abundant harvest is so important to me. I, I want to I revolutionize and change the world. Uh, I wanna, so I'm going to swing for the fence. That's me personally. I have a son and a daughter. I want them to go big. It's, it, it, and, and the path that gets you there is counterintuitive how most people wanna get there. I love in 1 Corinthians, it says, you know you're calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God chooses the things that are foolish and weak and are nothing, that he who glories, let him glory only in the Lord. One of the scriptures that, that I locked onto, one of the several thousand, um, if I could give you one scripture out of several thousand, this would be it, no. Um, uh, in uh, Second Chronicles sixteen nine, it says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself powerfully on behalf of him whose heart is loyal. Jeff said, you, you, you look at scriptures and you should actually envision what that looks like or you should imagine, I see the Lord sitting on his throne in heaven, just scanning the earth going, give me one person that'll take me at my word. Give me one person who will not ask me to do what I've already done, but will say, I believe it is a finished work and I'm gonna stand on that promise. Again, just, I, I, just, I wanna talk about being intentional with words because it says life and death are in the power of the tongue. A man's stomach will be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. Which takes more faith? Asking God to do what he's already done or saying, you know what? I believe that your word is true. 
I believe that I am who you say I am, and I'm gonna move forth powerfully in this. And you know what? The scripture says, if God's for me, which he is, who's gonna prevail against me? Nobody. It says, if God didn't withhold his greatest possession, Jesus, but gave him up for me personally, how is he not gonna also, with Jesus, freely give me all things? You say, man, it sounds like you're pretty confident uh, or pretty cocky. No, I'm just so confident who he is. True faith, in my personal opinion, true faith is not in your ability to believe hard enough, long enough to hold on. It's your ability to believe that he is who he says he is. When you have faith, it's not faith in your ability to achieve it, your ability to receive it, your ability to hold on long enough, hard enough, tight enough, just to grip it. It's your ability to simply believe that he is who he says he is. And there's, there's, there's thousands of promises in the New Testament dealing with any aspect, anything you could ever need, it's there. He asked people one time, he says, what do you want me to do for you? They say, I'd, I'd like to have my eyes open. He says, no problem. Do you believe that I can do this for you? I do, great, according to your faith, be it unto you. Every single time any person came to him and asked for healing, he gave it. It says in Hebrews that Jesus is the express image of God, a perfect representation. He said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. If you saw Jesus, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And what does Jesus do? He's always healing, providing, doing miracles, increasing, making people whole, lifting them up, forgiving them, showing mercy. The scripture says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, none. So I believe for miracles in business, I believe in unusual circumstances and graces. I declare the goodness of God over every area of my life. When I make a mistake, which I do all the time, I just go boldly to the throne of grace and I obtain mercy and find grace to help me in my time of need. Do you guys understand that when, when God made you righteous, there's two things that happened. One, he gave you his mercy, which is the forgiveness of any mistake that you've ever made, past, present, or future, and he will not impute your sins to you. Do you realize that he cannot hold anything that you've ever done against you? If he does, he'd be charging the same son twice. He can't have punished Jesus for every sin, past, present, and future, and then charge you for the same sin. He'd be charging the same sin twice. He's not unjust, he's righteous. So when he declares you righteous, he removes every ounce of sin. He will not impute it. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed your sins. He doesn't even remember them. How is he able to do that? He's God. He's capable of doing that. He intentionally does not remember anything that you've done, any mistakes. He gives you a clean slate. He's washed you white as snow. When he sees you, he sees you in the spirit. He sees you 100% perfect, righteous, holy, blameless, and all of his love is just desiring to be lavished on you. All of his increase, you say, well, I don't deserve it. You never did deserve it. That's why it's by grace. In Romans, it says either it's by grace, otherwise works are no longer works, or it's by works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. It's gotta be by one or the other. It can't be by a combination of both. You, Jesus plus you equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So what do you need? What, do you, what are you looking for? He, he's looking for you to go big. If I'm talking to my son and daughter and I say, hey, what are your dreams? What are you looking for? What's important to you? If I can move towards them, towards their benefit, towards, towards their favor, I'm gonna do it. Why? Because I'm their father. I love them unconditionally. How much more does God love us?
So I believe for the, the I believe for supernatural uh, occurrences, graces. I believe for unusual circumstances. I believe for the, the small ones, the big ones. Why, I mean, why wouldn't I? Paul says, I reckon that the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's gonna be revealed in us. It's already here. You're gonna get to heaven. You're gonna get a brand new soul, a brand new body, and you're gonna see Jesus and you're gonna know everything even as you are known. And I don't wanna get there and I don't wanna see that I had all of heaven on the inside of me and I had all these promises and I had access to all of his fullness and who he had made me to be and what he had done for me. And I, I don't wanna leave it here. I'm not gonna do it perfectly. I'm gonna mess up. I'm gonna swing for the fence every time. And if I miss, I'm gonna get back up again and I'm gonna swing just as hard, if not harder next time. That's, I mean, my doctrine God is always for me. He is always good. He's madly pursuing me. The scripture says, by the way, that he shows personal favoritism to no man. He's a respecter of no persons. He talks about how there's no difference between Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or bond, or slave or free. He says we're all one in Christ Jesus. It says we've been adopted as sons and daughters. There's no grandchildren in the kingdom, okay? There's no stepchildren, you're 100% grafted in. And what's interesting, uh, what's interesting is in Ephesians, he says, he says, but God who is rich in mercy. If, and again, this is where we have a hard time comprehending terminology because we think of somebody being rich in the United States or some being rich globally, that's poverty compared to him. If it says he's rich in mercy, it means he has more mercy than you could ever fathom. You could never come close to touching the surface of the amount of mercy he has for you. But God who's rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when you were separated, even when you had an oath to nature, even when you had done nothing to deserve it, guess what? It happened 2,000 years prior to most of us being born independent of your performance, independent of anything you ever have done. But here's the other part that most people miss with grace, independent of anything that you ever will do either. Even when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. And he raised us up and he made us sit in heavenly places with Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding abundance of his grace the, again, if it's the exceeding abundance of the King of Kings, that's a lot. That's more than you could ever fathom. The exceeding abundance of his grace through his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I believe God's a good God. I don't believe that God is putting us through tests. I believe tests come, but he's not putting us through tests. I don't believe he's tempting us. In fact, I have a scripture for that as well. It says, let no man say when I am tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone with evil. So if you think you're being tempted by God, it says clearly that he can't be tempted by evil. And because he can't be tempted by evil, he will never tempt you by evil. It says, uh, do not be deceived. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no shadow, there's no darkness, there's nothing hidden, and there's no variation of turning. If it's good and if it's perfect, it's from him. 
and he's madly pursuing every one of us. He's madly pursuing me and the call of my life, the call of my life is to know him in the most intimate way possible. That's why he made me. And out of that knowledge of who he is and who he's made me to be comes my ability to have fun and to enjoy the process and to serve him and to make a difference. That's why he made you. You'll hear people say, well, God made me so that I could testify or I could witness or I could, that's not why he made you. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, that's his motivation, that he gave his only begotten son, that was his action, that whoever believes in him, that's your part, would not perish, that's the byproduct, the real gift is would have everlasting life, eternal life. That's all based upon his goodness, his love for us, why he's moving towards us. So what's eternal life? What's everlasting life? Jesus defined it in John 17, three. He said, and this is eternal life. He defines it with scripture. This is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. That's why he made you. If you're wondering what's the call of God in my life, you won't get there until you understand that he made you for personal relationship. His, he's so gracious He'll, he'll keep pushing you in the right direction, guiding you in the right direction. But my testimony is I got a revelation of who God is, what he's done for me, how much he loves me. And out of that started coming open doors, miracles, directions, the desires of my heart. Where should we go from here? <laughs> It's funny, because you sit in, the, stage, you sit in the, the audience the whole time and there's a lot of people just staring at me right now. <laughs> I, I, tell you what, I tell you what, I'm enjoying myself. I'm building myself up on my, on my most holy faith. If nothing else, I'll walk out of here blessed tonight. I'm serious too. I wanna declare the goodness of God over my life. You wanna live a life of radical grace, of radical mercy, of supernatural occurrences, get a revelation of who he is and who he's made you to be. How does it come? It comes through his word. It says in 2 Peter, it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Listen, grace is unearned, unmerited favor. Unearned, unmerited favor, abundant blessing, more than you can possibly ask or think, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think is multiplied to you through the knowledge of him. You don't get it by asking him to do something he's already done. You don't get it by asking him to do it for you. Man, the heavens are open. It's a finished, you know why they call it a finished work? because there's nothing more you can add to it. You wanna know why he says his love has been perfected? Because it's perfect. There's nothing more he can do to show us that. The tangible presence, the tangible manifestations, they come the more that you know who he is in my personal opinion. The more that you're open to receiving the incorruptible seed and putting it in your heart, that soil, it produces every time. It's called an incorruptible seed because it has to produce every time. And the scriptures are really clear. It says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. And then it says, and listen, don't grow weary 
while doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest. The scriptures talk about his faithfulness. They talk about, uh, it says, God is faithful who also will do it. It says, even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he can't deny himself. I like, I like prosperity. I like increase. I wanna touch people's lives with it. I wanna bless people. I wanna, I wanna walk up and give them gifts. I wanna buy them things. I wanna show them the goodness of God. I wanna lead them into the kingdom. I want them to see influencing success and be drawn to it and say, hey, how do you have that? What's your secret? I can say, it's really simple. It's very powerful, but it's simple. Here it is. Here comes the gospel. I mix the gospel with business because every true success principle comes from the king of kings. He is success. He is victory. He's the, he's the controller of all, all dominion, all power, all might. He's the creator of life. He's the maker of all that's good. I love John, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, is God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In him was light and the light was the life of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never comprehend it. It can never quench it. It can never put it out. What's he saying? The word of God is life. The word of God is light. It transforms lives. It brings people into the kingdom. It restores marriages. It makes people true sons and daughters. It gives people confidence in, in who God's made them to be versus what they do for a living. I don't care what I do for a living, by the way. If I'm with the King of Kings, my, my steps will be directed. And like a river, he'll just direct me where I'm supposed to be. My value is based upon who he's made me to be, not what I do. What I do is simply a byproduct of my relationship with him. People say, I'd like to have influence, then, then get to know your father, because he'd love to give it to you. And he gives it all liberally without any reproach. Give me one more hint. Yep. Sure. So as I was finishing up business or uh, Bible college, just take a quick drink. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'm back. Yes, I got one clap tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I, yes. You're too kind, please, no. Standing ovation's not necessary, you guys, please. Please, gosh, you're too kind. It's been a good day for me, by the way, too. We had a training today, and I've, I should be warmed up because I spoke for about eight and a half hours. I think I sat for about five minutes outside of being in the car, so I feel pretty good. Um, so as I was finishing Bible college, the Lord started showing me things and giving me ideas. And uh, one of the very important things that I learned in Bible college was how to hear God's voice and how to know when I hear his voice, how to move forward with that direction. And I'll tell you real quickly how, you know, what I believe is, is what the Lord showed me because um, it'll play into this. But the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord 
and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that scripture is oftentimes misunderstood. What it really means is when you delight yourself in the Lord and you enter into that intimate relationship, which he's so desperately seeking, he will place his desires in your heart and then your desires are his desires, okay? So how do I hear God's voice? I have a desire to do something. And then the other scriptures talk about peace. They say, uh, and the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. The other one says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And the word rule, it's like an umpire who stands behind the catcher. He calls ball, strike, foul, fair. He doesn't create the pitch. He just says yes or no. And what that means is go, stop, wait a little bit longer. I'm gonna open that door for you. Just give me, give me a couple more minutes on this one. Okay, go now. So he started giving me ideas about a business that I had never seen anyone do before. Uh, and I started seeing things and I would, I would get excited. And over a process of several months, I would just <clears throat> compile these ideas. And I'd come home and I'd tell my wife, I keep seeing this and I keep feeling this is the direction we're supposed to go. Uh, and so there was the desire, but I didn't have the peace. And so one day I walked into the office and the president of our company uh, called me into his office and said, let's talk about your goals for the next year, what you wanna do, where the company's going. And so I said, I've been thinking about this for a long time and I wanna do this business model and I wanna go all in and I wanna do this and I wanna do this idea and this concept. And I gave him all the ideas and he said, uh, that's a big investment. I don't, I don't believe that the, the partners will go for that. And he said, honestly, I've never seen anyone do that before. And I don't doubt you'll be successful, but it's just not gonna play here. So I asked him, I said, well, what do you wanna do? You know, what's, what's, our, what's our move now? And he said, I know you enough to know that if it's in your heart, you're gonna do it because he had seen me say before, if you wanna fire me, because I was having a successful career, if you wanna fire me and I need to go make, make sandwiches somewhere, or I need to go work in stock shelves, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll do whatever the Lord tells me to do. I really don't care. If my income gets cut or eliminated, if it gets cut into a 10th or a 15th or a 20th, I'm okay with that because God's my provider. And so he knew enough that it was in my heart that if God told me to do it, that I was gonna do it. So he said, I think you should just leave and start your own company. And that way, if you wanna do ministry, you can do ministry. If you wanna go back to Bible college, you go back to Bible college. And if you wanna go all in, you get the full risk of the full reward. So I drove out of the parking lot half an hour later on my way home and the Holy Spirit spoke very, very clearly to me and said, now you can go. And so I, I, I started a company. Within 30 days, I couldn't handle the volume. Uh, he showed me who the first person I was supposed to bring on was within a couple weeks. I waited six months. I was driving on I-25 and I got to Larkspur and the Holy Spirit said, call him. So I called him and he was on board within two days. Then he showed me who the next person was within 30 days. I waited a couple months. The Lord said, call him. We called him. He showed me who the next person was, but told me don't do anything and that he'd come to me. And over a couple months, uh, one day I picked up my phone and his, his name was on there. We never talked about anything. I never talked to any of these people about what I did or, or what I was doing or that they could potentially join me. I never planted that seed. I waited for the Lord to open that door. And he called me and said, can we get together and talk? And we did. And I told April before I went to the meeting, I said, he wants to work with us. And she said, how do you know? I said, the Holy Spirit showed me. And we get to the meeting the next day. He said, I wanna work with you. Uh, and he just began to open doors for me. And he put me in the right place at the right time. And he, he, he created divine relationships and, and uh, gave me a chance to love people and encourage people. And so I took the resources that he gave me and I reinvested them in people. I discipled people that came on board. 
I put as much emphasis on the word of God and transforming their life as I did in helping them be successful. I put my money where my mouth was and, and helped them with, 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 and this isn't about me, this is just an example of what you're supposed to do with resources, why God gives you money. Money is the seed. He gives you bread for food and he gives you seed for sowing. Money is the seed. So he said, hey, buy these people wardrobes, give this person a car, uh, take this person on vacation, go take care of this person. If it's not your money, if it's his money, whatever he tells you to do, you'll do it. I'm gonna tell a couple of stories right now unless you think I'm talking about myself for any reason, I'll give you that disclaimer and that, that's all I can really do because I can't convince you otherwise. But we were at the prophetic conference uh, a couple months ago and the Lord told me to, to give a gift to somebody, so I did. And uh, it was a nice gift. And then the next night, uh, I was in praise and worship and I had, I had a, a little bit of money in my pocket and he pointed at a guy who I don't know even this person's name. And he said, go give him all the money in your pocket. So I pulled out my, my, my wallet, or I pulled out my money clip. It was funny, it was before I had left, I already had probably $400, $500 in my pocket. But before I left, I opened a drawer that I never opened and just grabbed a couple hundred dollars and I just put it in my pocket for some reason. And so I got there and I hadn't counted it. So I opened it up, I counted it. I had like 800 some dollars. And he goes, go give it to that guy. And I said, what, what do you want me to say to him? And just tell him, say, uh, I see you faithful and I'm proud of you. So I said, okay. And then I just sat there and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's time to go. So I walked around the camera, walked to the back, walked the, walked the aisle, walked up to the front and handed it to this guy and said, God said he sees you as very faithful and he's proud of you. And then I walked back and I didn't think twice about it. And then after the service, uh, Mike came up to me and he said, dude, he said, do you have any idea what just happened? I said, no. And he goes, he said, uh, as soon as you gave that guy the money, he grabbed me and said, I was literally in my mind debating. I'm sorry. He said, I was in my mind having a debate with God because God said, you're supposed to go into full-time ministry. And I literally said, basically in my mind and out loud, how are you gonna support me? How am I gonna support myself going into full-time ministry? And within less than five seconds, you handed him uh, 800 some dollars. I might've, I, I might've, not supposed to clap. <laughs> um, I might not have even got that testimony. Uh, I might have missed that one, but I still knew I was—I still know I was doing what's supposed to be done. That's—that's that's what money and success is for. And again, that's just a little example. But um, I could tell little stories about things. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys another story too, just for fun, because again, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the goodness about Jesus. And again, I think that the biggest thing is I locked on and I saw, some, I saw people that were moving in the gifts. I saw people that were moving in the power of God. I saw people who had a dramatic relationship with the Lord who knew the scriptures. And I said, if they can have it, I can have it. Again, I mean, Jeff last week talked about who God entrusted, who Jesus entrusted his ministry with. Peter denies Jesus three times with swearing. And Jesus says, you know what? You're my guy. I want you to share the first message in a couple of weeks. Um, go tell Peter that I love him and get him ready for the next message. That's a dramatic, that's a dramatic move of, of mercy and grace. Um, I think this is a fun story because this, this highlights the little things. I'm looking for the little things the same way as I'm looking for the big things. I'll take, I'll take someone growing an arm back. Um, I'll also take the little stuff as well. 
Little stuff's really fun. Somebody gave me a, a $500 Mont Blanc pen, which is cool, but I don't use the Mont Blanc pens. They're just thicker than I like to use, and I use a different pen. So I just tucked it on my shelf, and I tried to give it away a bunch of times, and nobody wanted the pen. Nobody used that type of a pen. And so uh, one day the Lord said, hey, take that pen to work today. We had about uh, a couple dozen people that had flown in, and we were having a meeting. He says, somebody wants that pen today. So I took the pen with me. I didn't tell anybody about it. And I asked the question in front of about 35, 31 people. I said, is anyone like really thick uh, rollerball pens versus the thin ballpoints? And I described the type of pen. Is anyone like that type of pen? One guy raises his hand. I says, anyone else like the type of pen? Is this the only guy that likes the type of pen? Yes. And I asked him about it. I talked about it. And he said, yes. I said, okay, great. So here, and so I went back and I grabbed the pen. I said, the Lord told me someone wanted this pen today. I'm gonna have your name engraved upon it and it'll be shipped to you in about a week. And he goes, man, that's great. He calls me two days later and he said, why did you give me that pen? I said, the Lord told me somebody wanted that pen. He's like, that's a $500 pen. I'm like, yeah. Um, And he goes, that's a really nice pen. I said, I know. And I said, why are you asking? He said, five years ago on my birthday, my wife and my two kids gave me a extremely nice several hundred dollar pen with my name engraved upon it. And it's the only pen that I use. I use it when I sign every contract. It's the only pen that touches my hand. And he goes, two days before that meeting, I lost that pen. And I was devastated saying, that's my favorite pen. I have to have my special pen. And now I don't have the pen. And he said, and then you show up and you give me a pen that's even nicer, engrave my name upon it. And now I have my pen again. And this is somebody who, who, is, who was not born again, just just seeing the goodness of God, trying to enter in something I've been talking to for a while about the goodness of God. And I said, do you realize that's the grace of God in your life? Do you realize that's God moving towards you, just showing you just a little touch that he loves you unconditionally? He wants to meet every need, including your pen. And he goes, I know that's God. Please, you're too kind. (laughs) So... I, I, I've got hundreds of those stories. I'll tell a cool story, actually. And again, I think, again, if, if, I'm, if I'm hearing people operate in faith and operate in the gifts of the Spirit and move powerfully, I'm gonna, I'm gonna receive it the same way. When I give to ministries, when I give to people, I'm partaking of their anointing. When I sow that seed, I'm gonna reap because I'm gonna reap the same harvest based upon their soil as well. So you could enter into the promises of God through other people. I was in a meeting with a couple people once as we were getting ready to grow our company and go national. And I said, uh, if we were to talk to anybody in the entire country, it'd be interesting to talk to this person. And I picked the person who I don't know. I don't know one person who knows this person, but he's the most successful person in the entire world in this, in this division of, or this area. He's internationally known built uh, companies and sold them for a substantial amount of money, hundreds of millions of dollars, done amazing things. He's the most influential, successful person in this industry in the world. I said, if I was gonna talk to any person, that'd be the guy I'd wanna talk to. I don't know this person. I don't know one person that knows this person. I don't know one person that works for his company. The next day I was driving home, my phone rings. And the guy says, you don't know me, but we've been watching you and we think you're onto something big. And I'm not sure if you know who our CEO is in Dallas, 
but he'd like to fly you there and have lunch with you. If you prefer, you can fly to meet him in Beverly Hills this weekend, if you're open to that. It's the person's name that I mentioned the day before. That's a dramatic move from God. You've got a better chance of winning multiple Powerballs on the same day. <laughs> how, how many million people are on this earth? Or, sorry, on the United States, 300 some million? That's a true story. That's a powerful move right there. Jesus asked the blind man, he said, he said, what do you want me to do for you? I'd like to have my eyes opened. Great. He asked another one, he said, he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? I do. He said, great, according to your faith, be it upon you. His eyes were opened. So I picked the guy who's the most successful person in the world in this area, says his name, and the next day a phone call comes in from someone that I don't know, that I've never talked to, never laid eyes on. And he says, the person that you mentioned, he doesn't say this, but this is what he's saying. The person you mentioned yesterday in your conversation wants to fly you to Dallas and have lunch with you. If you prefer, you can go to Beverly Hills and meet him this weekend. He wants your time. That's power, in my personal opinion. Again, I don't, I, I don't wanna... I don't wanna miss it. I don't care what age you are either. Jesus flipped the world right side up at 30. God, Samuel anoints David in his teens. God calls Moses at 80. Joshua, Caleb, getting ready to go into the promised land. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what your background is. I didn't go to college. Okay, I went to Bible college later, but I didn't go to, I, didn't go to, I don't know what, what the difference would be. I'd call it real college, I guess. <laughs> Man, I, my, my prayer for, for everyone that I meet is that they'd get a revelation of who God is and what he's done for them. I believe God's, I believe that God's called me as an apostle into the business world I believe he's also called me to the church because it says in Revelation that we're all kings and priests. I can occupy both positions. It says that he's made me sufficient as a minister of the new covenant. It says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It says that nothing, and that means nothing, is gonna separate me from the love of God, which surpasses all understanding. The word says, man, I... When, when, here's the thing, when Paul does pray for people, like in the book of Ephesians, he says, I pray that your eyes would be opened to see what God has already done for you. I'm like, okay, is it okay if I use this thing tonight? Just for a second. Just keeps my hands warm, that's why I have it. He says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, did not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, in you, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe 
according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. You guys see that breeze that just came through here? <laughs> Where'd we go? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the, of the Father in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He says, man, I pray that your eyes will be open to see what God's already done for you. I pray that you'd have a spirit of wisdom and revelation come upon you so that you could see the power that's inside of you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. And I pray that you'd have a revelation of what he's done for you. He does not pray that God would do something again. This is the key thing. I don't have a time to go into this right now, but most, most people are asking God to do things he's already done. Most people are asking God to do a move or do a new work. He doesn't need to do a move or a new work. You have to put faith in what he's already done. When you got born again, he didn't send Jesus to die for your sins a second time. You entered in freely by grace and accepted what he'd done for you. You wanna receive healing? He's not sending him back to get scourged for 39 lashes. He already paid the price. By his stripes, you were healed. How do you receive healing? Same way you receive salvation, as a free gift by putting faith in his unearned, unmerited favor, his grace, and just simply enter in. How do you receive wholeness? By putting faith in his grace and entering in. How do you receive prosperity? By putting faith in the divine exchange that's already happened. This is a big misunderstanding. And this is my, per my, this is my personal opinion. And I don't do this perfectly. Don't take anything that I'm saying as I do it perfectly. But I made a decision that I wasn't gonna let things that I didn't understand or hadn't experienced stop me from entering in for the first time or let things that confuse me receive from the things that I didn't understand. People say, I don't understand that, so they don't wanna enter in. I'm not gonna let that happen to the best of my ability. He died 2,000 years ago. In that atonement was everything that you ever would possibly need. In that atonement was the gift of salvation. In salvation is everything. With salvation comes the forgiveness of sins and the declaration of righteousness and justification. When you're born again, your old sin nature is crucified, placed on the cross, tucked in the grave. And as Jesus rose from the dead perfected, you rise perfected with a brand new spirit. In your spirit is everything that you will ever need. It's 100% finished. John 4, 24, God is a spirit and those who worship him, approach him, relate to him, receive from him, come towards him, must do so based upon who they are in the spirit and based upon what the word of God says truth. God is spirit. Those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. The Father is seeking such to worship. The Father is seeking people who will say, what your word says is true. I am who you say I am, and let's go have some fun. Let's go make some things happen. Seriously, I mean, think about this thing. People don't get, don't get out of wheelchairs by asking God to get them out of a wheelchair. They get pulled out of a wheelchair by you walking up and taking their hand and pulling them out of a wheelchair. People don't get born again by you asking God to get them born again. They get born again by you sharing the word of God with them. It's the incorruptible seed. It's living, in, it's alive and powerful. He's, again, he's scanning going, man, give me one person. 
give me one person. I heard the story about D.L. Moody who was in a meeting and the guy said, this world has never seen what would happen if one man would yield himself fully to God. And D.L. Moody stood up and said, by the grace of God, I'll be that man. I'll take that promise. By the grace of God, Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain for I labored more abundantly than everyone else, all the other apostles. Yet guess what? Wasn't me, was the grace of God in me. I love, I love Romans 5, 17. It says, those who receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Those who receive an abundance of grace, you have access to as much as you want to. Again, if, I know I've, I've shared a couple of scriptures tonight. It's every one of these requires you to say, yes, that's me. I'll take that. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, come on, bring some more. But I don't deserve it. You never did deserve it. You never will deserve it. The righteousness of, the righteousness of, of God is from faith to faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is a misunderstanding. Most people think you get born again by God's grace and then you're perfected by your works. Paul addressed that in Galatians. He says, you stupid Galatians, who's put you under a witchcraft curse? Did you receive the Holy Spirit and were you born again because of the hearing of faith or because of your performance? Are you so stupid? Have you begun in the spirit? Now you're gonna be made perfect in the flesh based upon your performance. Everything you receive is by grace because he gave it to you. You put faith in his grace. Faith says, yes, please. I'll take seconds, thirds, need some more there. You made a mistake, just go, just go do the repent, change your heart and receive all of his mercy and all of his grace. Everything that he has for you though is based upon you simply receiving it as a free gift. It's not based upon your performance. It's not based upon your ability to be good enough. If it was, it would no longer be grace. So I can enter in, you can enter in, I can receive the entire fullness of the kingdom. I can receive the entire fullness of all that God is. I can approach him as Abba, Father, as Daddy. I can approach him as the King of Kings. I can approach him as my protector. I love when he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You know what that says? When it comes to protection, you don't have to defend yourself, he'll take care of it for you. He's your healer, he's your provider, he's your, your, your dad. He'll take care of you in every area of your life. So that's the gospel. The gospel is, is, is the nearly too good to be true news. It should be nearly too good to be true in every area of your life. I believe the Lord is, I believe the Lord is saying this. If anyone's hungry, I will feed you till you're full. If anyone's thirsty, my cup runs over. You won't be able to drink this much. You'll never run out. It'll never go away. The other shoe never drops. I'll protect you. I'll keep you whole. I'll keep you in my favor. Even when you mess up, I'm so proud of you. You know, you know why he's proud of me? Because I'm his son. You know why I'm proud of my son and daughter? Because they're my son and my daughter. We'll give one more scripture just for good measure because I don't think we hit enough tonight. <laughs> Romans 5.1 says, therefore, having been justified, the word justified means declared righteous, and with righteousness comes the removal of all the sin and the impartation of all of his goodness. You get rid of all the bad, you get all the good. That's, that's salvation, that's justification, that's righteousness. 
You cannot have one without the other. You can't have his righteousness unless you've had the removal of all the bad. And if you get all the removal of the bad without the righteousness, then you've missed it as well. Therefore, having been justified by faith, not by works, but by faith, we have peace with God. The peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that only comes from him, the peace that knows my dad made the universe. He made, excuse me, he made me. He carries my picture in his wallet. I got an eight by 12 on the mantle of me and him. His iPhone screensaver, both the locked and the homepage is me and him. Riding mountain bikes. <laughs> Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. Through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. He says, you are standing in my grace. Here's the picture for you, okay? You're standing in a room. It's a room of grace. It's a room of peace. There's a table before you. Everything you ever dream of needing is present and it's full abundance and you can never, you can never run out, ever. And you have access, admission, by putting faith in what's right in front of you. Someone walks in and says, everything that's here, all that's mine is yours. Take as much as you want. Those who receive an abundance of grace, those who receive an abundance of righteousness, you're gonna be the ones that reign in life. You want it, take it. It's already been purchased. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. No, you can't pay for it. You can't even get the tip. It's sitting there right in front of you. You're standing in it right now. We are standing in that room right now. When I go home, I'm standing in it as well. If I have a challenge in my marriage, I'm standing in that room right there. If I have a challenge with my children, I'm standing there. If I have a challenge in business, I'm already standing there. The provision's already been made. Through whom also we have access, admission, by faith, into the grace in which we're already standing. So if we were to title this message, just for good measure, because it's my first sermon, I should probably title it, Baby's First Sermon. <laughs> I, I would say this, I make God happy. That's my sermon. I make God happy. I believe, the, I believe the kingdom's unlocked when you put the word of God in your heart. I believe as you do and it comes up, veils are lifted off. You can see stuff that you've never seen before. You can receive things you've never received before. Things start working more in your favor. The scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything's added to you. So my, my, my prayer is that you'd get a revelation. Actually, I'll pray it right now and then we'll just cut it off there, okay? Father, I thank you for all your goodness. Thank you for all that you are. Lord, I pray that everyone's eyes would be opened, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come upon every person in this room and they would truly understand and comprehend how much you love them, who you've made them to be, what you've done for them. I pray that, that any condemnation, fear, guilt, shame would be fully removed from their memories and their minds, just as it was nailed to the cross. I pray for a dramatic revelation of what is inside of every person who calls you Lord, of what you've called them to do through knowing you. 
I speak supernatural favor and increase over every person in this room. Wholeness over your marriage, increase over your finances, wisdom over every area of your life, divine appointments, divine relationships, supernatural open doors in every area of your life, renewed excitement, renewed increase in every area. Why? Because he's the king of kings and he delights in doing more than you could ever imagine. And Lord, I thank you that your word is true. Eye has not seen, nor has any ear heard, nor has even entered in the heart of man all that you have prepared for those who love you. And we love you and we receive all that you are in Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. What he wouldn't tell you is there's 11 other companies. Go ahead and stand. Stretch. 11 other companies have started business just like he started, patterning after his. And all 11 have gone out of business. Matter of fact, one of the candidates called him and said, the Lord told me this is not mine, this is yours. He reserved this in heaven for you. And he told me I would be making a major mistake if even trying to attempt what I'm trying to do. I'm gonna go back to do what I'm called to do. This is yours. Came out of a relationship with the Father. If you can't see yourself as God's favorite, you need to open your mind to a concept that God is crazy about you. No matter what your age is, no matter where you are in the race, it does not matter. He'll take you right now. He has things reserved for you, just like he had reserved for Colin, and he will make it come to pass. His business increased 50% working three hours a day. Anybody else ever done that? Yeah, it can happen. He'll do it all over around the world. All right? Hope you plenty to receive from, so I hope you take something and uh, put it in your heart. If you have children, I'm going to ask you quickly to go gather them. Uh, I'm not sure if Aaron and them will come back to do any kind of worship. Um, I hadn't seen them, so if they do, you'll hear the music kicking off. Otherwise, be blessed, receive from the Lord, and enter into his wallet and see your picture. All right? <laughs>